on this week's show. Enjoying himself after being backed by Maidstone United, we hear from striker Sol Wanji Smith. Well, I was lucky to have a two-year contract. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have got another deal because of my season last year. And back on his old turf, well, 3G in fact, Danny Broad discusses Welling's 2-2 draw at Eastbourne Borough. You know, really thanks to the Eastbourne Borough fans, you know, they're great fans, they're great people. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC, who I am told packed in a bumper crowd for their first home game in existence uh, at the weekend. I'm sure Matt will tell you about that shortly. Uh, after last week's bumper nostalgia-filled episode, it's it's a little more sedate this time around. Uh, not for the want of trying, uh, but hopefully you will still enjoy what we've got for you. Uh, I'm John Phipps. I've just changed my intro because, Matt, I'm concerned. I've just received an email um, advising me on which sports bra I should be wearing. Uh, and on the line now is uh, my co-host, who's now into his 21st year on the airwaves. Uh, and something he's going to do later on will probably be even more disturbing than his fish finger roast dinner. It is, of course, Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Well, why? surely you, if you've been at an email about advertising bras, have you been looking up bras like you did as a 12-year-old in the Freeman's catalogue? No. So uh, the email is from Parkrun. Um, and I haven't done a part run for a long time, so they're obviously aware of the fact that I'm probably out of shape at the moment. But yeah, I've got uh, the email is titled John, comma, want to find out how to pick the best sports bra for you, question mark, with a running woman emoji. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 thank you for the email. AI's got a bit mad there, hasn't it? It has a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might have thought that I wouldn't be uh, eligible for that email. It's obviously just the generic email that they've sent around. But um yeah, a little bit alarming to get that uh, email coming through because, you know, I mean, I probably have got, you know, a decent sized rack of man boobs, but I probably don't need a, a sports bra. Um, do, do you need a sports bra? Not not, not that I've thought of, no, to be honest. So, um, no. no, but again, well, it'll happen to us all eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, very odd. Um, How are you? Are you well? Good, mate. Yeah, good. It's um. I don't know, we'll probably say it, but September, isn't that the worst, apart from your birthday, isn't it the worst month of the year? And apart from the kids going back, nothing happens in September, does it? It's a terrible uh, month. The, uh, the, the nights are getting drawing in. It's like dark at quarter past seven. You think, oh, September, probably October, just crap months, really. I was going to say, you, give me your September and I'll raise you a bloody October. I mean, not a lot going on there, is there, really? Well, unless um, you're into... Halloween, and that's right at the end of the month. So, no, yeah. yeah. It's just sort of get through October, then it's sort of count down to Christmas. But it's in September, just nothing happens, I don't think. Apart from, you know, as I say, apart from your birthday. So, I don't want to diss the early, early days of September. But, yeah, not much um, not much exciting happening. What have I doing being up too much? Uh, no, just plodding along, John, week to week, so to speak. Has uh, has Mrs. Gerard taken over the cooking again after last week's uh, shameful disaster? I, I had well, I, to be fair, um, I had just made tonight's dinner, which was toad in the hole, which was a, a resounding success. And I've also made a cake because at work tomorrow um, for Macmillan. It's Macmillan couple of days, so everybody brings in a cake from work. So I've made a, um, I've got to finish it off a Victoria sponge. So it's just taken out of the oven. So I've got to put a bit of bit of strawberry, put a bit of cream on. And that will be my um, entrance for the thing tomorrow at work. So I have been um, cooking, but I still believe fish fingers with Yorkshire pudding is the way forward, as is sausage with Yorkshire pudding. To be honest, I'd probably eat Yorkshire pudding every day if I could. I love it. And I do make a mean Yorkshire pudding. 
there has been a, a trend of like are these when you go to events and stuff and there's stalls and things are people actually having like Yorkshire pudding wraps and stuff which and I've had mm. a couple and and do you know what they're not too bad talking of the Macmillan coffee morning actually my mum and dad uh, organised one up at the place where they live uh, and my dad bless him uh, he's not been in the best of health this year but he's uh, he's on his exercise bike he's ridden all the way to Paris uh, nice. he's raised nearly 200 quid doing that uh, and then loads of other people have already donated and before they've even had the coffee morning which they're having on Friday um, they've raised nearly 500 pound so brilliant. brilliant effort from my mum and dad uh, and all the people that live up there with them so well done to them I will pop up there uh, on Friday and probably relieve them with a slice of cake or two on my way to work um, but yeah I was very very impressed um, so yeah well done and, and obviously a great cause so if you can uh, donate to anyone who's having a Macmillan uh, coffee morning then uh, then please do I've just got a simple cheese and potato pie for my tea tonight so uh, can't complain about have that have you been probably... working today uh, no I've been off uh, I probably should have eaten it already but my I've been all out of kills I played golf today Matt for the first time in months right. um, didn't play too badly but do you know what I'm shattered uh, really took it out of me so um, what was the weather uh, like uh, a bit windy um, but it wasn't too bad however I'm glad I'm not playing now because I live in a third floor flat and I have, I tend to have one of the windows open um, just to get a bit of ventilation in. And a minute ago, I actually got rained on. Um, so I've shut the window now. Um, but that must have been quite something for it to go up and down you, and round and about. Have you got, uh, was it Hurricane something, isn't it, coming? Agnes. Agnes, uh, Storm yeah. Agnes. No, I think, I think she she's going to miss us as well. So, uh, um, yeah, we shall see. Sandwich Town Youth FC, Matt, you, uh, 180 did I hear the crowd? Was there some teams in the scaffold that love crowds like that? Yeah, I got an email from um, Nick, our excellent sponsor. Look, he sent me a few pictures. The ground is all, looks really, really good. It's People have made a real effort, the changing rooms. Uh, yeah, 180 people watching the under-11s. First time Sandwich Town Youth, first local side they've had in a while. They won 5-0 in the cup against Folkestone. And apparently Folkestone is uh, a division higher. So they're really happy about that. And his son scored as well. Um, Ollie, his uh, first ever competitive goal. And it was from, well, it, it, this could be a dad text, but Nick is normally spot on. From 25 yards, top bins. So he was super happy about that. So well done. Um, Ollie Cunningham scoring his first goal uh, in football. And it seems like an absolute belter. So uh, whenever I used to play football, um, I was centre forward in my primary school. That's where my career ended. All my goals were when I wasn't offside because I didn't understand the rule, rule from about two yards. So well done to uh, young Ollie there scoring his first ever competitive goal from 25 yards. Talking of youth football, John, did you play much as a kid? I was, I was just going to say, actually, you've just evoked memories of my finest moment in youth football. I, I played quite a bit of school. Um, I was always a striker or a winger. Uh, and then I played uh, club football for probably from about the age of eight till about 12. Um, and I played for a team called Havelock Hammers. Uh, and our first ever game that we played as a team, we won 20 nil. Right. Uh, and you're thinking, oh, we're going to be really good. We only won one other game that season, which was against that team uh, when we beat them 3-1 in the return fixture. Uh, we had several heavy defeats along our way. But uh, a couple of years down the line, uh, we were short of a, a manager. And he's getting lots of shouts out today. My dad took over, uh, much like uh, Ollie's dad. And um, we played against Canterbury Eagles. Now, Canterbury Eagles were a big team in our area. And if any of our players were any good, they in tended to end up playing at Canterbury Eagles uh, rather than playing for us. And like, our star striker who'd scored eight goals in that 20-0 win, he was playing for Canterbury Eagles. 
and we went and played them away from home and, and no one gave us a chance because we were you know we weren't very good uh, is the way that I'll put it and um we were we really battled and we were I think we were three two down with about five or six minutes to go and like apparently all our mums on the sidelines were going oh haven't they done really well they played really well the, and then we had a corner I think it was it was half cleared and I my, my MO was to always wait and lurk on the edge of the penalty area for ball skulls, yes. half cleared yeah a little bit yeah and the ball was half cleared and I sent a low volley through the crowd uh, into the bottom corner to make it three all and I've, I can still vividly remember running over to celebrate with my dad it was the only person on the side uh, where I was and then a couple of minutes later we had another corner a bit of a goal scramble and we won the bloody thing 4-3 uh, that was undoubtedly the finest day of my football career uh, definitely the, the finest day of my dad's coaching career as well um, but yeah happy memories and, and do you know what congratulations to young Ollie and uh, do you know what his dad might be exaggerating about how good his goal was but it doesn't matter well no. done Ollie keep up the good work and keep up the good work Mick yeah I think it is Sammy Town Youth again great to see that people getting involved I think there's a lot of football you know I never I was never any good or never got selected in that many teams as when I was growing up but um yeah good luck for them and uh well I can see you running away now John with that goal celebrating with your dad that's a good memory to have that one absolutely it's our 266th episode this week and that led me to a style of train uh the 266 named because it had a two-wheeled leading truck six driving wheels and a six-wheeled training truck uh, which Choo-choo! was really mainly used in the Denver, South Park and Pacific Railroad, Railroad, that's easy for me to say, in the late 19th century. I mean, you really can find out all sorts on Wikipedia these days, can't you? It's also uh, the dialing code for Lesotho, who, and here are some real facts, have a national football team whose nickname is the Crocodiles. And technically, they have been world champions, Lesotho, because the country didn't get independence from the UK until October 1966. I mean, you might say that England have never won a World Cup without Lesotho on our side. They weren't allowed to try and qualify for those finals. So do you know what? Go on, lads, you can claim that. Well done, the Sotho. You won the 1966 World Cup. Well done, boys. You see that thing about crocodiles? That lady got eaten by a crocodile in America and they found body inside the crocodile. You hear that? Yeah, speaking? I tried I tried to avoid that. Not, not oh, jeez. No, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Yep, no. Yeah, move on okay. from that, yeah. Yep, let's get on with the show. Uh, we're going to start in the National League South and probably the best result that any of our five teams in that division have mustered so far this season as high-flying Worthing were beaten 4-0 by Maidstone United at the Gallagher. Um, I'm going to let Matt introduce this interview with the clip he sent me. Uh, you can listen to the start. because I've got a lot of questions uh, to come after it. So, well, here goes. Yeah, alongside me, uh, Sol Wanjo Smith. It's a first for me. I'm interviewing you and where you're in the ice bath. But we'll talk about that in a minute or so. But a great performance today from the lads. Yeah, I mean, we're absolutely thrilled. I think it was a really good tactical performance. Didn't have a lot of the ball, but um, we definitely uh, knew how to play against their... Then wanted to pass out the ball from the back. And uh, that's just a testament to Ella Kobe and to Craig in the week we worked on them and um, we listened and there you go great performance yeah, I mentioned before and when we're doing the commentary how difficult Worthing if you let them have the ball they can really hurt you but you were pressing from the first minute yeah so we didn't necessarily uh, let them have the ball but at times when the keepers got it with 2-0 up they weren't they weren't hurting us from that far away so um, yeah that's just a testament like I said to Ella Kobe and Craig that we knew when to press, when not to, and I think we might have only had about 30% possession, maybe 35%. That's dangerous, stunned by the ice. <laughs> <You're getting dunks laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great performance and a great result. Firstly, you've got a lovely partnership you're working with the Manchi. Nice flick on today. 
took your time for the goal. You probably could have shot a little bit earlier, but it was a great finish. No, I was actually um, I was working a little bit with Lucas because we noticed that their keeper likes to spread. So I, I thought if I gave him a little hesitation that he might go a bit earlier. He didn't, but um, with Levi, I love playing on front of him. When in other partnerships, I've had to be the one that has to win the balls in the air, win the balls in the air. But when he's that big, I mean, flicking it on, what more can I want, really? You must be pleased that four goals in your last two games. Yeah, I mean, excellent to be fair. I mean, I think I scored three in a row now, so as long as I can just keep that up um, and the team's winning, well, I'm happy. Yeah. And the game went on as well. How was it important getting their third goal? Because they came into the bit a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I think we knew at half time we needed a third to kill it, and fortunately we came out in the second half and got it, so uh, and then put it to bed. Obviously, a bit of a silly red card from them as well, but uh, we can't really argue with that. Three points onto, uh, onto the cup. You personally, last season was a bit difficult one for you with your injury. Do you feel you've got something to prove this season? Because you have done it at this level before. No, I think I definitely have something to prove. There's a lot of people at the club that might have a few question marks over me. I think I was well, I was lucky to have a two-year contract. I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have got another deal because of my season last year. But uh, I'm just here to work for Elikobi, work for Craig and all the staff, and even prove to Terry Casey and Bill and Oliver that they, they were right to pit the put their faith in me and even to be fair to Hack and to Terry um, Terry Harris that they were right to put their faith in me and that I am good enough to play at this level and hopefully push us to the level above. FA Cup next week, um, I don't know what your record's like in the FA Cup but I presume the key thing is just to win that game and maybe try and get in the first round. Yeah well I've actually played at Winchester before when I used to play at step four so I've got a few. Uh, what do you like as a ground? Um, it's quite small. It would be a little bit hostile, but it was obviously a big game for them. Um, they've actually just signed Hungerford's old keeper, but fortunately he is a uh, cup tied. Saying that now, their keeper is a very, very good keeper. I think he's Wales's futsal keeper, so he's not the biggest, but his shot stopping. Another one with good at his feet, though, ball at his feet. His shot stopping as well is unbelievable, so um, it'll be a really tough test. Obviously, they're going to be right up for it, but um, hopefully our quality will show and we'll just, uh, yeah, get the win. Confidence is high now, that's three wins on the spin. Nah, I think so. I think we knew that sometimes it takes a little bit when we get rid of a quite a lot of players and there's a few new faces in, we've got quite a small squad, it takes a little bit of time to everyone to get used to each other, for Craig and Ella Kobe to get, uh, to get everyone on the same page. So I think now we're, we're getting to that and uh, that's why the results are showing. What were the expectations, would you say, this season for the club? Mm, well, I think you have to be in and around the playoffs. I think with the players that we got here, who knows? But I think we just take one game at a time. Every game's kind of our cup final and we just enjoy being out there, hopefully get the win and then move on to the next game. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the ice bath now as the keeper gets in beside yeah, you. Time is going exactly, time. exactly. So how long are you going to be in here for? I've been in here for eight minutes, so that's my quick cue to get out of here. So now you can catch him. <laughs> and what does that just let your muscles go down? What's, what's, the, what's, what's the basis behind it? It kind of reduces inflammation um, after running around there for I only played 70 minutes tonight but I was getting a little bit of cramp so just um, kind of flushes everything out so it's quite good for you so you, you won't be achy tomorrow morning then well hopefully not but I think it's, yeah, it's guaranteed to be a little bit achy <laughs> congratulations anyway thanks for your time and uh, you can get out of the bath now before we get into the discussion Matt I really need to ask how on earth it came about that you interviewed someone in an ice bath well, it, well ice bath is probably a poor description it was a green wheelie bin so I, I probably should have looked in. Basically, I was just to interview George Elakobi. Um, I was wondering if I need a player. And then um, Sol Wanjo Smith was getting in the ice bath. And I thought, oh, I might as well give it a go. Or the ice bin. Um, and so we had a good chat with him in there. So I don't know if we find out why he needed that ice bath. But it was only him and the goalkeeper. 
for some reason, who were actually in the ice bath. I don't know if they all have time, but he had it timed on his phone. Yeah, I think he had to be in there eight minutes. So if it was the whole squad, it would take a long time. So presumed for his muscles, but only him and the goalkeeper, who didn't have much to do, to be fair, actually had the ice bath. Right, my, my next question, where was this uh, ice bin? It was, uh, if you know the uh, changing room entrance to the Gallagher Stadium, it was just outside to the left of that where um, players were, they walk out of the ground. So that's why you might have heard a few people giving him a high five and saying, hey, when and he was in the ice bath. My final question, and something that I've never asked on this podcast Black before. Black pants. I'm glad you asked the question because the question was going to be, was he naked? No, uh, no. because right. Um, but my Maystone's the other place. I have interviewed somebody on the field who's having a massage as well at Maystone. That was Jamie Coyle back in the day. I've interviewed him uh, when he was having a massage. So Maystone is the place to go for a. If you've got any sporting injuries, please go there because clearly compared to all our other clubs, they're ahead of the game. Um, and b, uh, yeah, why not? What what? Next question is what can I? Where else can I interview a footballer? Getting a massage in the ice bin. What's the next one? On a treadmill. Well, you remember that time they used to have loads of bikes on the side. Yeah. Were Whitstable or Herne Bay. They used to all the subs used to be on one of those static bikes. That was a big yeah. thing for a while. Or if they've been to Paris like my dad. Well, <laughs> again, well, I think that could. I need to. The next final question of this pod will be how many miles is it to Paris from? On a bike from Eastbourne. I will guess that. I'm going to write that number down. You've got to remember. Okay. I'll look to it up in a second. That. But, so, yeah. What, yeah. They seem to have disappeared, the bikes on the sidelines. We better get move on with, back to the interview. But there you go. Yeah, let's actually talk about Manchester United because that's a, a, a very, very pleasing result for them, isn't it? And, and how did uh, Sol Wanji Smith play? Good. I like him as a player. Interesting comment in that. He said, if he didn't have a, if he did, and he didn't have a two-year contract, he knew he would have been released because he had his in- injuries last year. I saw him a couple of times last year and he is doing something about him because he's sharp, quick, and he can go past the player. Um, and he worked really well with Levi and Manchi. I think some part of me, I went in there basically bigging up Worthing. I'm a big fan of Worthing. The way that I'm not I'm not a big fan, but I am a big fan. Bigged him up, and I said on the radio, anybody who finishes above Worthing is likely to win the league, blah, 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 blah. Maystone, Tactics absolutely spot on. Did not let them settle on the ball. Clearly, Worthing are very good at passing the ball, you know, sideways, 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 forward, sideways, forward, you know, slow build up to the other end. Clearly, Maystone put pressure on them. Went back to the goalkeeper, who clearly hasn't got a very good kick, you know, a long kick. Every time they kicked it, it straight went to Maidstone. And, And I always wonder, how do you... Having seen Worthing play against Dover, who made it look easy, they made it look very easy against Dover. Maystone got the tactics spot on. Press, press, press. Eventually they panic and they give the ball away and Maystone get the ball back. Um, so, I mean, it has been a tricky season for a lot of our teams in that division. Uh, did you think Maidstone, as well as playing very effectively, and hats off to, to George Elacobi, and, and I found it amusing that uh, Sol referred to him as Elikobi all the yeah. time. Uh, but hats off to him for uh, putting a team together uh, and getting the tactics right on, on Saturday. But did you think they were any good, Maidstone? Are, are you worried when Dover play them? I'm worried when anybody plays Dover. But Maidstone, yeah, they've got, again, got a Manchi up front who is a unit, who's, who's a tall, strong man. Flicks on the first goal. Second goal, poaches finish from two yards out of the 
the goalkeeper couldn't get anywhere near the, a high swinging ball in the box. Third one, lovely first touch, second ball in the back of the net. I, I was pleasantly surprised at Mainstone. Um, there was a feel-good factor as well at the club. You know, last season when you went, everybody was doom and gloom. Um, and, and, and it's key to get that mentality out of the club. And performances like that will do very well. And you think after 10 games, they've got 18 points on the board, seventh place. They're going in the right direction. Sean Scow, who's doing the summarising with me, said that I think they're on a par or even better place now than they were two years ago when they won the league. And I'm not saying they're going to win the league. At this position, there's a long way to go in this league. And clearly, this league looks like a very tight division as well. But they perform like that. Um, they they will be up there. And people like Wanjo Smith and Amanchi, I think, have got seven goals each now. They will cause teams problems. So, um, did I think Maidstone, I was concerned at the start of the season. A couple of supporters said about that. But I, I was pleasantly surprised. And, and maybe I took my uh, pre-match prediction, if you finish above Worthing, you'll win the league. If that does come off, John, you can remind me that in in April. But I thought Maidstone made them look very, very ordinary. And I, and I think that's a good sign for Maidstone. It's funny, though, because when you said the feel-good factors back, I was like, well, they must have been brilliant at home so far. But actually, uh, it's only their fourth game. Second, their fourth game, second home win uh, of the season. Um, but I suppose your summariser there said um, they were in a better position than they were this time two years ago. Well, absolutely, because they went on that incredible run, didn't they? October, yeah. November time, two years ago. They were in the, trouble. The, they were in big trouble, and everyone thought uh, Hakan was going to get fired at any point. And then he turned it around and they went on an unbelievable run. And I suppose that is the thing for anyone uh, in this division. I mean, Mason is seventh, but they're only three points off the top at the moment after 10 games. As he's just said there, Matt, very tight division because you're not going to get many divisions. After 10 games, the leaders have only got 21 points. And the team fifth from bottom have got 10. You know, there's only 11 points between those, those teams at the moment. And anyone will know that if they can put a good run of results together, there's no reason why they can't go on and have a good run. And I suppose that gives hope to all five of our teams in that division. But Maidstone United, you know, it's a different team from two years ago. But the the, the supporters there know what it takes to get out of this league. And and if some of them are feeling, you know, a bit optimistic about it, then there's something to stand up and and take notice of, isn't there? Well, 2,300 there, John, at the weekend. Um, Almost as many as Sandwich Town Youth. Exactly, yeah. So, and again, I think their league position as well. You look at it, six games away, four games at home. So, a little bit skewed as well. You know, I think they're going in the right direction. Next game, I think the league game is after the cup this week. They've got Torquay. That's a good benchmark for them. Torquay are up and down as well. But I think scoring, you know, I think it's three clean, well, two clean sheets in the league, six goals scored. Going to Chippenham and get a result, which is no mean feat. And beating Worthing, going in the right direction. And I'm sure he'll add to the squad as well. I think um, George Kobe, though, we were missing Sam Corn, some key players as well who can come back in. So, yeah, feelings <laughs> of optimism. And, and the thing is, tactically, he got it spot on, which for me shows he may have something, you know, he's learnt from his last season, worked on the, on the game plan. And the most important thing is, it's all very good having a game plan. But the players don't stick to it. And I've seen that numerous times watching football over the years. But clearly the players stick to that game plan and it worked well. So fair play to them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mainstone are the only team we've played four home games so far. Although I did just look further down the table, and Hampton Richmond have only played, played one. two. So yeah. yeah, so they've obviously had some uh, groundworks uh, going on that meant they didn't play at home at all uh, in the month of August. So they'll be playing catch up uh, throughout the campaign. Uh, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, Dartford won the derby against Tombridge by a goal to nil. Uh, the rest of it was 2-2 draws. Uh, we'll discuss Dover in a minute, but first it ended all square here on the Sunshine Coast as Danny Bloor brought Welling down to his former club, Eastbourne Borough. And with thanks to Radio Wings, here is Danny speaking to friend of the show, Nigel Jones. I thought we were the better side, Nigel. I thought, uh, particularly second half, uh, they got took the lead through what looked like a very soft penalty, but we won't criticise Isaac Swell. I think he's one of the better refs in the league and we'll watch that again. But I felt we deserved to win in all honesty. Second half, you know, it was gutting uh, to uh, concede the late equaliser. Uh, however, if you said to me this morning, come to Priory Lane, you know, this is a side, the owners have ambitions of acting like a League Two club. They fully expect them to get promotion. And I think if you, if, you know, to come here and get a point, that's, that's, that's good. What did you say to them at half-time? Because we all thought we was unlucky to go in at 1-0 down. Well, just, you know, we sort of say the same things all the time, don't we? You can see, and uh, I've had a number of Eastbourne Borough fans come up to me, how attractive brand of football we play. We try, and, we try and play in the right way. You know, we don't have the hours on the training field, but we try and play in the right manner. And uh, I was pleased with the boys today, but it would have been nice to have got all three because I felt we deserved them. Excellent equaliser for the first goal, Jeff Day Tango. He took it really well. Yeah, nice, his first goal for Welling United. And I did say to him, I, I mean, Jeff Day, I thought, he, you know, he was arguably one of the best players on the pitch and I did say to him what he needs to bring to his games now is more assists and more goals and he started uh, in uh, East Sussex this afternoon Now I thought the, the second goal I thought it was scored by Odesanya Dominic Odesanya but I think it's been given to Tristan uh, Abrahams Oh listen I, all, all I care about is uh, you know the ball in the back of the net it, it, it really doesn't matter who scored it does it so uh, yeah it was uh, it was a good goal you know once again we did it last Saturday at Dartford we've come back from behind uh, and I think that shows good character in our team Good crowd here today, as I saw, probably the Danny Bloor derby, so a point on the road, so you must be del delighted. Listen, as I, just, as I just said, Nigel, you know, you're coming to a side who've got big expectations, and if you said to me, as I say, this morning, I would have taken a point. So, yeah, a good point. Must say massive thanks to both sets of fans, you know, the Welling United fans, you know, my team now, they were, you know, fantastic as always, but, you know, really thanks to the Eastbourne Borough fans, you know, they're great fans, they're great people, uh, and I certainly wish, uh, wish Mark Beard and the football side very well. And now we move on next week to the FA Cup Gosport Borough away. Yeah, no, listen, we we get get today out of the way and then obviously we look at we look forward to that uh that trip, you know, we're in the FA Cup so that's something to look forward to. They're still third from bottom, Matt, but I do wonder if things are starting to gel a little bit for the Wings. They they did lose two in a row earlier in the month, but they were both sides at the top of the table and and I'm sure Danny Bloor's going to get them in the right direction, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And I think he was very um, complimentary about his previous club there, because I think led to believe they sort of um, moved him on pretty quick when they had new owners. And I think uh, Eastbourne's loss is well in his game. Um, he is a bit of a jovial character. I quite like him when I interviewed him before. Very upbeat, even though they lost that game. Clearly upbeat now. They've had a good week, haven't they? Drawing at Eastbourne, winning, beating Dartford as well um, in the Cup. So, yeah... Again, they've got Tanga. You mentioned there the guy from Welling. When I saw him against late, again when I saw him early in the season, he was a live wire. And I think it's just finding that little. If they can get a goal scorer, a bit, a bit like Dover, they've created the chance. If they're not scoring many goals, scored two in that. But if they can get a, a centre forward, Tristan Avery's coming. He was at Gillingham last year, I think he was. He's been round the houses. Good signing. Clearly they've got a budget because they've brought in a few strikers. But 
um, had injury problems. I think it's just finding that cutting edge in front of goal. Um, you would have thought under um, Danny Bloor they'll have enough and know all about this league, and clearly he does. So that's a, that's a good point against an Eastbourne side who, uh, who he expects trying to get in the football league. So he expects them to go. So a good point away from home for Wings, but again, you know, they'll be a little bit concerned they're in a relegation zone, but there's 10 games gone. Probably start worrying after 20 games, but I think they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously seen Danny Bloor as Eastbourne teams at, over the last few years, and I often thought they flattered to deceive a little bit, but that was mainly because of some of the players that they had uh, at their disposal. But he seems to me like one of the nice guys um, that in football uh, and, and you know, a bit of a rabble rouser sometimes. You know, he always comes out and makes a fuss of the supporters and everything like that. And I think that's a big thing for a manager at this level. You, I kind of feel like he has that connection w- w- with the club. And, and I think that's a, a positive thing for Welling. Yeah, Welling have had some sort of difficult times. They've gone through some managers, some decent managers. You know, you think they had Brad Quinton, who's riding high with Hemel, um, Steve King, they've had. Peter Taylor, some big managers over there. And they do got a good loyal support well in. And I think he's probably looked at that and said, right, we've got our loyal support. Let's get them on our side. Um, I think he is, a. you're right, I think a, he, he rouses the crowd who against him. And, and clearly he's done that. You've seen the celebrations when they beat Dartford. He's in the middle of it as well. So he's just getting that club back together after as it, you know, a few difficult times um, in this division, not struggling a little bit and not looking to go up. So maybe that's not the case this year, but maybe just bringing the club together. And I think he's a good manager to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And now to Dover and their 2-2 draw. Um, it does look like I've nicked this off the Dover Athletic website, Matt, but I did write it first. If you've been offered a 2-2 draw uh, at the league leaders at 5-3 to three on Saturday, I think you'd have taken it. But having led 2-0, is that two points dropped in the end? No. Because okay. when it was 2-0, I thought oh, we're never going to keep a clean sheet. So... Um, no, is, is it inexperience? Is it, it, you know, they're, they're, are you lacking a couple of older heads in that team? And uh, you know, it's, it's good to have a good young team, but you know, you just need someone who's going to put their head on the ball and 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 you yeah. know, make sure that the other team don't score. Yes, and I, I think also we've probably lost the habit of winning football matches as well, John. You know, you, you start if I'm panicking, sitting what 250 miles away. Watching Maystone when I flashed up two Dover two up, and then my first thought is it's not great, great result, lads. Pushes up the table. I'm thinking, please, we're going to look. As soon as they got one back, we're going to lose this. You know, if I'm thinking that, what are the players thinking? You see, got to get that losing mentality out. It's a good point against against Bath, and now we've got to build on that. So that's there's two games unbeaten, including one in the cup. But um, the most important thing is we scored two goals. And one of them was an absolute belter. So, um, and another thing, we're scoring a lot, we're getting a lot of penalties this season. And what my theory of that is, we must have a little bit of pace in the team, which I like. You see, because if, if we're getting penalties, we're driving at running at players, bit of pace in the team. Defenders can't handle that. So that's to me, that's a good sign getting penalties. Um, some people say we've got players who like to go down easier. I think we've got a bit of pace in the team. Excellent. Well, as long as you're happy, mate, then we're all good, aren't we? Um, FA Cup action for those sides still left in the competition this week. In fact, there's only three of them. Uh, we've already heard about Maidstone's trip to Winchester. Sounds like they've got a good scout on their hands there as well, Matt, actually. Uh, well, Dover face Haringey Borough and Welling, as we've also heard, head to Gosport Borough. 
Now, they're joined in the draw by four of our Eastmere League sides. Uh, Cray Valley head to face boss Steve McKim's former club, Carl Shulton. Margate also on the road as they go to Chesham. Uh, as we heard last week, Sheppey make an epic trip over to Merthyr Town. Ramsgate at home to Froome Town. Uh, of those four Eastmere League sides, I think Ramsgate is the uh, the kindest of those ties, isn't it? Because the others are, are all pretty tricky. Yeah, I, I think, again, I haven't checked where Froome are in the league, but... I think that's a great draw for Ramsgate. Ramsgate, a club on the on, on the app. You're going to tell that stat in a minute, John. Are you going to, when are you going to release the stat? Ten games in a row that have been in cups yeah. uh, for, for the Rams because they've been in the FA Cup, uh, the FA Trophy, the Kent Senior Cup, which they are, are heading out of this evening. Uh, they're losing 3-0 at the moment to Craig Valley, or they were oh, okay. at half-time. Uh, no, that's not fair. And the uh, Velocity Trophy. Now, no one cares about that one. Uh, and because of their progress in those competitions, 10 cup games in a row for Ben Smith's side. I mean, if you forget what the Eastman League's like, you, you might be forgiven for thinking they've introduced like some sort of anthem and it's like, I mean, like the Champions League. It's been so long since they played in it. Um, but yeah, that's the phenomenal run of 10 cup games in a row. Uh, unbelievable. Um, but th- they'll be they'll be confident, I think, on uh, on Saturday against Froomtown. I'm just looking up their league position for you. I've got, I, I've got no idea what league Fro- Froomtown are. It's near Somerset, Froome, isn't it? Well, it's in Somerset. They are in the Southern League Southern Division. Uh, they are sixth in the table. They've played five league games. Uh, they've won three, drawn one, lost one. They've scored seven in those five Ooh. five games, and they've only conceded five. Um, so they're obviously uh, not goals galore. We don't like that on this show. Um, but I, I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, they've got nothing to lose. And, and I suppose the worst thing possible for Ramsgate is a bloody replay, isn't it? Yes, they probably wouldn't want to replay uh, in that. Shame, really. I've seen a look at their record. Well, they beat Plymouth Parkway in the previous round after a replay. Um, running the trophy. Yeah. I think Ramsgate, at this level, the level they're at, I think they would fancy themselves against any level above. Um, so I think they're at the, class them as the same level. You've got to say Ramsgate are the favourites. Um, to get into the fourth qualifying round. And out of all our sides, John, the Isthmian sides, I think Ramsgate have probably got the best chance. Margate should, Margate Chesham are level below as well. So Margate can be a little bit hot and cold, but um, and Carl Shorten v Cray is probably, if if Revenge is the, is the winner in that, Cray Valley would probably win. But uh, Ramsgate, should have enough. I think we could have quite a few sides in the fourth qualifying round, John, this time. What, what I was going to say, what about the three uh, in the National League South as well? Maidstone at Winchester, Maidstone, as they were at Staining, big favourites for that one. Yeah. Uh, Welling, Gosport Borough have, have had, you know, they're, they're not at the, at the peak they were at a few years ago when uh, our good friend Ryan Day was involved in the club yeah. down there. Um, so Welling, you would think, um, have got a chance. So they, they, if, they, if they can meet Dartford, they can beat Gosport. Yeah, and Dover at home to Haringey, a, le- a level below. Um, but Haringey did beat Tunbridge Angels in the last round. And, and I'm guessing, is, is Jonah Gerrard going to be there on Saturday? I, I am going back, yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I did. I, I, have you noticed how Haringey are getting on in the league this year? I have not. Like, well, where are your banana skin, John? If you look at that, clearly they're, they're not, they aren't a bad side because... Um, they beat Tunbridge, but their league form, they've played seven league games and lost six and drawn one. And they were 1-0 up with two minutes to, uh, in the 90th minute and lost at the weekend. 
Well, if any team is going to beat <laughs> Dover Athletic, that is the sort of thing that I'm expecting to hear. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they were playing Hornchurch on Saturday, so that was tough. I'm just looking at the at the, the run they've had so far. I mean, I don't want to alarm you, but they've beaten Dulwich, Hamlet and Tunbridge Angels so far in the Cup. Uh, haven't yeah. played any of our Kent teams yet, but they do play Folkestone uh, in the FA Trophy uh, next up as well. So their next two games are both in East Kent, believe it or not, Matt. Yes, so... We'll see how it goes on, but it'll be nice to get to the fourth qualifying round. And only nice for me to get uh, my seventh win <laughs> since COVID. Absolutely. The only team we didn't really mention there was Sheppey. It was going to be uh, a big ask for them, but I think a great day out. So hopefully they will enjoy themselves. Well, yeah, Sheppey doing that. Yeah, again, if they can get a draw, the Isle of Sheppey will be buzzing on the, on Tuesday after evening, I would have thought. Absolutely. While we're talking about FA competitions, let's head uh, to the FA Vars, where a bucket full of Kent sides made it through. But in truth, most of the chat online has been about one that hasn't. Uh, on Friday, it was announced that Faversham's tie with Loxwood had been postponed. And when that happens in these competitions, you instantly start thinking, well, who's played an ineligible player here? And it turns out it was the Salters Lane side who had committed the crime, so to speak. In a rule that I must admit I wasn't aware of, online players are not allowed to play in the FA Vars. In there when at Horsham... YMCA. Jefferson Abanji, on a season-long loan from Sheffield United, played for Faversham, and as a result, that rule has been broken, and therefore it was confirmed earlier in the week that the Leawites have been removed from the competition. A hammer blow for Sammy Moore and his side, who were, as we heard on the show a few weeks ago, confident of going a long, long way in the Vars. Uh, what are your thoughts on it all, Matt? Well, I thought it was pretty harsh. If he's on loan for the season and signed that... First of all, who who dobbed them in or do they dob themselves in? We don't know that, do we? No idea on that front. No, nobody sort of um, said about that. Um, I, I, I Again, I said to you in a text here, I thought if he signed for the season on loan and he's not, you know, he's not playing, surely he's your player. He's not going to go back and he can play for you. But your point was quite valid. You say it stops people signing ringers. But if you're on a season-long loan, which probably might not happen a lot at this level, to be fair, surely you must let him play. That's not He's technically your player, isn't he? I think that's the thing. I, th- I think, you know, the, the, rule, the, the clear thing is the rule has been broken. The FA have stuck to the rules. Uh, and, I mean, I wasn't aware of the rule, as I said earlier on, but I completely understand the rule because the rule is there to stop a team at step five before a big bars game, shipping in five players on loan from from a higher level team who've got nothing nothing to play for, playing them all and getting them all the way to Wembley and just getting to the Vars for the sake of it. But as you say, Matt, a season long loan, um, and I, and I, I'm not sure if Faversham thought that meant he was exempt from that rule because, like you say, he is their player. But the rule is the rule. Um, I would have thought, you know, that that it, it seems harsh. Um, you know, and and I'm sure a lot of people are delighting in 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 this happening, um, but I, I think it's really sad. You know, Faversham um, have got big ambitions of where they want to go uh, in the FA Vars this season, and unfortunately for them, uh, it's all come to an end. And and, and you know, I'm just I'm, I'm disappointed for for them. And, and you know, I, I probably feel the most sorry for Jefferson because all he's done is is play a game of football, and and it's ended with his team being knocked out of the competition, even though they won four um, yeah. nil. It's it's. It seems strange, but then rules are rules. So that's that's the way of the world, isn't it? Yeah, you see it every season. These things happen, don't they? Um, I, 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 want, I do wonder, incidentally, though, if there's a difference between on loan and dual registration. 
Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if you can get, get, have a dual registration player in a, a youngster and they can play. Um, you know, and, and that's something that you know it. Yeah, it's 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 awful for for Faversham and, and and really upsetting news for, for them um, because as we know, well, I think I think Faversham thought when we spoke to Sammy Moore a couple of weeks ago, uh, the player uh, they would probably be one of the favourites to win the competition. I would have thought there yeah, must be there absolutely. Might, there might have been some northern teams. Popping some cork, um, some champagne when they found out Faversham because I think I think Sammy Moore and some of the players who probably joined at that level, who probably play in level, think right, we've got a chance here, we can play at Wembley. So, um, and it will be demoralising, disappointing for them because I think it was a big part of their season. You know, with the with the we expect them to do well and maybe win the league, but expected to be in the playoffs. But I think we expected them to at least get to the quarterfinals of the Vars. Or even further, so that will be a real, a real blow for the club. Um, and in, there's not many chances you have get into Wembley as a player who's played at that level. And it must be absolutely. You think again, the statement was very, you know, they must be seething. But it was quite a nice statement. They took it on board, disappointed, but they'll have to get on with it. I'm afraid and, and concentrate on the league. Yeah, I, I suppose the thing is as well is Faversham are hoping. That this is their one season at this exactly. Time. So this is a this is a one off for those players, and and you know some of those players um, may not get that chance now, and and that's you know and that's disappointing for them. But I suppose all they can do now is focus on the league. So probably not the best news uh, for the rest of the Scaffold teams. But uh, that unfortunately is the way of the world. Let's look at the FA Vars uh, results then. Uh, from Saturday, as I say, it was pretty good uh, for our Kent teams. Uh, Sutton Athletic were 2-1 winners at Abbey Rangers. Uh, Beersted made it through 4-1 on penalties after a 1-1 draw with Epsom and Yule. Uh, Corinthian also needed penalties as they beat Canterbury City after another 1-1 draw. Uh, Glebe, who we spoke to you last week, well, they went to Cove. They came back with a 5-1 win. Lovely stuff. Uh, VCD Athletic were knocked out. They were beaten 1-0 by Eastbourne United. Uh, Hollands and Bear, three new winners over Worthing United. K-Sports uh, were beaten 8-0 at home by Cobham. Lordswood threw as well, four winners over Croydon. Lidtown beat FC said 5-2. Punjab United, one new winners over Lewisham Borough. Uh, Rochester United did go out. They were beaten 2-1 at home by Midhurst and Eastbourne. Russ Tall also exiting the competition with a 2-0 home loss to Newhaven. Uh, Staples Monarchs, two new winners over Forest Hill Park, though. And Tunbridge Wells, well, that was an absolute thriller for Tunbridge Wells, Matt. I don't know if you know about this, but they were 2-0 uh, up. And then they conceded two goals to Kennington uh, and then scored a 96-minute winner to go through by three goals to two. Uh, Same score as well uh, for Holmesdale in their 3-2 win at Wellingtown. Snodland Town also made it through with a 4-2 win at Westside. And Whitstable were 1-0 up with three minutes to go, but they went out 2-1 against Lingfield. Well, Greenways, everyone's favourite big-scoring team, they made it through on Sunday, uh, but it was 1-1 in that one before they won 4-2 on penalties. Uh, the draw was made for the next round. Uh, ties aren't played to the 21st of October. Um, my overriding emotion of, of the draw was, oh, look at all those scaffold derbies. There's far too many, aren't there, Matt? There is. When's deal coming in? Oh, there must be a couple more rounds down, well, down yeah, the road. Well, yeah, I don't really understand how... Again, I've got no idea. Yeah, there was a lot of scaffold derbies, I think, I, I saw. Um, Punjab got scaffold. Punjab against Lid? Was it Punjab against Lid? Sorry, yeah. Uh, Corinthian are at Homestyle, and they've got loads of away games coming up as well, Corinthian, so that's not fun for them. And yeah. I think it's Snodland against Stansfeld as yeah. well. Um, so, you know, it's just all over the place. And, and you know, really um, frustrating for, for those teams to uh, to... to, to play another scaffold team as I said yeah. to 
uh, an unnamed manager of a team in green and white hoops. You just want a team who aren't in your division. And he said 100 um, percent. So that's the frustrating thing um, from there. I mean, I don't understand. Obviously, it's based on your previous runs. So I, th I don't think Irith Town, obviously, they had a good run last year. They've not come into it. But Tunbridge Wells have had a couple of good runs and they've already been in it. Uh, deal, as you say, are going to be in later on. But what I didn't understand was Corinthian, who in their last campaign in this competition, reached the semi-finals, yet they started yeah. in the very first round. And I find that very confusing. But then you've got to beat all these teams if you want to go all the way. So yeah, uh, I, if, if anybody does know, the man from the scaffold, um, how do they work out it when teams come into this? Because that is quite, I can't seem to work it out. No, it's very strange. Um, let's run through the scaffold results. There was a full programme uh, on Tuesday after some games on Saturday. On Saturday in the Premier League, in fact, just one game, uh, a 2-1 win for Deal Town away to Stansfeld. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, as I say, a full programme, Beersted 2, Snodland 0, Corinthian 4-0 winners over Welling Town, a hat-trick for Charlie Clover in that one. Uh, Faversham beat Kennington by two goals to one. Fisher 4-2 winners over Irith Town. Uh, it was Hollands and Blair 1, Deal Town 3. Uh, Deal seems to have found a little bit of form. Glebe uh, kept top spot with a 2-1 win over Holmesdale. Punjab United 2-1 winners over Tunbridge Wells. And Rustall beat VCD Athletic by three goals to one. Uh, there is a game this evening as well, which must have just finished. Uh, Sutton Athletic 2, Stansfeld 0. Uh, Wasn't there a thing about Happy and Clover or something? Is there a phrase? Charlie Clover, we haven't really seen his name before, but is there something, is there something to do with Happy and Clover? Clover, Happy? Maybe I'm making that up. Right, I was trying to make a pun on Charlie Clover's name, but clearly. Yeah, very good. No, he's he's yeah. a decent player, uh, Charlie, yeah, Charlie Clover. He was at Rustall for a bit, I believe, uh, and now is is, is uh, tearing it up, so to speak, for uh, for for Corinthians. So good luck to him. Uh, fixtures this weekend in the scaffold. Uh, on Saturday, it's the, it's the big uh, derby match. Well, it's not a derby match, but it's a big game. Uh, Steve King and Michael Golding go head to head uh, as Deal Town meet Corinthian. Uh, it's Irritown against Rustall. Faversham at home to Punjab, Holmesdale against Fisher, Stansfeld against Beersted, Snodland against Glebe, uh, Tunbridge Wells against Whitstable, uh, VCD against Lordswood, and it's Wellington against Hollands and Blair. Uh, no league games in that division next week, but it, the following weekend it is the ground hop. Uh, so we've got games on Friday, Saturday and Sunday across both scaffold divisions uh, next week. So we will look forward to bringing you uh, some preview for that on next week's show. Uh, let's quickly look in the scaffold first division as well. Uh, as we say, a lot of teams in the FA Vars, but there have been some league fixtures over the course of the weekend. So on Saturday, it was Brighton Ropes 3, Faversham Strike Force 2, Larkford and Newhide 4 winners over Meridian VP, uh, and SC Thamesmead beating 2 0 at home by Tooting Beck. On, on Tuesday night, it was a, uh, a derby match of sorts between Meridian VP and Brighton Ropes, which ended 1 1. And then on Wednesday, Lewis and Borough have beaten Tooting Beck by 2 goals to 1. Check out the fixtures uh, in that division. On the Scaffold website, uh, it's all going off along there. It's kind of gone all over the place this week uh, with the show, but we're going to head up now back to the FA Trophy because we talked about the FA Cup, the FA Vars. Let's do the FA Trophy now, where our teams in the Eastman League were in action on Saturday. And it, it went quite well for our teams on Saturday, Matt, uh, to be honest. So it finished in a 4-2 win for Hyde in their game at Chertsey. Cray Valley PM beat Hartley Whitney by two goals to nil. Ashford United made it through on penalties after a 1-1 draw against Met Police. Ramsgate uh, beat Seven Oaks by three goals to one. 404 people there, but that attendance was obviously topped by the Swale Derby, uh, which finished Sheppey United 2, sitting ball 1 in front of 550 supporters. Uh, really good result for Sheppey United. Uh, their reward 
is a trip to Ramsgate. Uh, yet again, more of our teams meeting each other uh, in these competitions, but that is the way of the world at this stage of the competition. Uh, Folkestone and Margate have both come into the competition along with uh, Cray and Chatham at that stage. And uh, we'll discuss all those ties when they come around. Standout result there, John. Probably Hyde again. Did Chatham beat Cray in then of ours? See, that's a good result for, for Hyde. After the previous week, they got a bit of a spanking. Um, really good result at, uh, at Chertsey. Um, yeah, they've been on a bit of a high the last few years of Chertsey. So, yeah, fair yeah. play to them. Uh, in the Ismini Premier Division on Saturday, there was a full programme of fixtures uh, for our team's Margate. Uh, they will probably wish there wasn't, as they were beaten 4-1 uh, in their trip to Canby Island. Chatham got back to winning ways with a 3-0 win over Lewis, uh, just what the doctor ordered for them. Uh, Cray Warner is also winners. Uh, they beat Chessant by two goals to one, and Folkestone won. Whitehawk won uh, was the final score there. So just to run through where our teams are in the league, uh, Chatham are second. They're a point behind the leaders. Uh, Hornchurch, uh, Folkestone are in 10th. They've got 12 points from eight games. Margate 15th with nine from seven. And Cray Wanderers, uh, just the six points for them so far from their seven games. But after losing their first five, I think you'll take back-to-back uh, -back wins in the league to move up the table. Folkestone did also play on Tuesday night. They drew 3-3 uh, with Potter's Bar. Uh, this weekend, obviously, with the Cup taking centre stage uh, for some others. But there are two of our teams involved uh, in league action on Saturday. It's Concord Rangers is the destination for Folkestone and Victor, uh, while Craig Wanderers also on the road as they head to Kingstonian. Uh, See, Concord been... relegated on the final day, John. Haven't really started. Well, they've lost every single game. Yeah, I think That's it's going to be over. Sometimes you, you have that. But when you get in a slump as well, you know, my friend, yeah. uh, these things can happen. Concord also play Cray Wanderers uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll, we'll probably know a lot more about them <laughs> than we do at the moment come Tuesday night, Matt, uh, when they, when they so, play yeah. two of our teams uh, over the course of the week. There was one game uh, in the Eastman League South East on Saturday and it finished in a 4-2 win for Herne Bay as they travelled over to Horndean, uh, lifting Herne Bay up into the playoff places. Uh, they've got seven points from four games. So as we say, some of these teams have only played three league games. Most of the teams have only played three league games. Uh, so still very, very early days in that division. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams in FA Cup action over the weekend. But we do have some league fixtures for you. It's Beckenham against Chichester. Uh, Ashford head to East Grinstead. It's Irithan Belvedere against Hyde Town. Herne Bay at home to Phoenix Sports. And Sevenoaks against Sittingbourne. And then in midweek next week, on Tuesday night, they're going to try again and play that Hythe against Ashford game, which was abandoned uh, back on the bank holiday when Adam Ramadan suffered that horrible injury. That just leads us with the National League. Um, and Epsfield United, uh, if you were an Epsfield United supporter, would you be a little bit worried? A uh, couple of defeats this week, uh, beaten on Saturday on the road at Altrincham uh, by six goals to one. And then at home to Dorking Wanderers on Tuesday night by a goal to nil. Uh, those are not very Ebbs Fleety results, are they? And Fleet have now lost seven of their 12 games and have dropped to 16th place in the table. Uh, they've been on the crest of a wave the last few years, Matt. They're not used to losing games of football, but right now they're not in very good form, are they? No. Um, they, were, they were starting to see, I think they're win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Now they're a bit of a lose, lose, lose. Well, it's five without a win. They've got one point in the last five games. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, after a bright start, uh, that's not what the doctor ordered, is it? Yeah, I think don't. I think maybe went with Polian went away on international duty. He hasn't come back. I think he came back injured. Doesn't really um, work for them. They lost the guy on open Wickham, I think, the defender, who was keeping the defence solid. Yeah. Again, I, I wouldn't be too concerned if you were in, Again, quite a tight, you know, apart from the top four at the top, maybe top five, the rest of it's um, quite bunched in the middle of the division. 
think they'd like to get back on um, uh, the winning front. First, a little bit of pressure maybe for Dennis Katri, but you know he's been through this. I think that the club are fully behind him. Um, can't see any supporters turning um, too upset. But I've seen, I've, well, you say thought, that. I've seen a few on social media saying really? they're a little bit worried, and, and that's why I kind of went on this. Do you think you'd be worried? And you know, losing Altrincham, not a lot of disgrace in that. Losing six-one at Altrincham is is a poor result, isn't it? It is. When I, I saw the goals back on the highlights, and I think some of them, particularly the fifth and sixth, the defence seems to have not given up. But you know, the challenges weren't in there. That would be the disappointing thing. But it's a test for Dennis Kadri. Maybe has he been loyal to some of the players who've gotten promotion? Is it now he'll look at it, bring players in? Uh, and freshen up the squad. Um, I think you do find that maybe the the bounce for the side to get promoted fairly first few words, and maybe maybe teams have worked them out because they won't change the way they play. They will play the, the footballing method, and maybe and have to play a little bit different. I see they went to three at the back, which is that very unlike them, or or to five at the back, really a bit more defensive against Dorking and were undone by a, um, by a, an Ottaway goal. So yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. I'm sure there'll be four. Four, four worse clubs than uh, Ebsley, but it, I think probably, you, you know, I think they would like to stop the rot, probably. I think, is he a Bournemouth they got this weekend? They were down the bottom as well, I think, with them. Um, or below, league place below them. And I haven't started particularly well as well. So a little bit of pressure for uh, for Dennis Katri, but I, I'm, I'm sure he's got enough in his squad or his belief in his squad and the belief he plays to, to get out of it. But, we do know the National League is a tough division. Yeah. On the Saying that, side, though, I do think Bromley have got a good chance to get promoted. I was going to say, on the flip side of that, we've got Bromley, who had a slow start to the season. Uh, they've currently won six of their last seven. They're unbeaten in their last ten league games. Uh, they are, they've, they've flown up the table, Matt. And, you know, like I say, they've got a chance... If anyone was making any questions about them at the start of the season, they they could not be more wrong. They drew 1-1 at Solihull uh, on Saturday and then won the winners over Eastleigh on Tuesday night. And, you know, they have been, ever since we've been doing this podcast, Bromley have been phenomenal, haven't they, Matt? And, and you know, they are continuing the pace. And ultimately, Andy Woodman's aim is not to be on this show next season. And, and if they carry on as they are at the moment, then that's exactly what they're going to get. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the next two games are good tests for them. Gate said, clearly another side. 31 goals they've scored in 12 games. Ridiculous amount of goals. Gate said, um, clearly they're a side who's going to be up and around it. Then they've got to go to Chesterfield. Massive game as well for them. But I just think, you know, we criticised the appointment of Andy Woodman, didn't we? Ah, what does Andy Woodman know? He's a goalkeeper, etc. Like that. Clearly, he's doing an unbelievable job. Slow start to the season. No panic. He brought his players in, brought the loan players in. Got a, the youth system is unbelievable there. Crowhouse saw him play for Dover in the trophy of the year. They won the trophy. He played. They played the reserve team then. He, he scored in that game. Brilliant player. Now he's getting his um, chance in the first team and taking it. So results that they grind out. Our results. There don't concede many. We've got goal scorers in the team. I, I think they've got a really good chance. If you look at it, it may be Chesterfield time, like the Notts County in the Wrexham, it's their time to go. But there's no reason why Bromley can't put pressure on them. Um, I would say they were nailed on for a playoff position. 
Um, I know it's only 12 games, but I think they've got enough quality on and off the field to, to be up there and a fantastic achievement. If you're a Bromley fan, you know, you must think you've got a chance of getting promoted this year. I'm convinced. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you said, they've nailed both of Saturday's fixtures. Uh, Bromley at home to Gateshead, uh, Ebbsfleet United at home to Boreham Wood. Games on Tuesday, though, Matt, and a huge one for Bromley as they travel to face the leaders, Chesterfield. Just we've got 31 points from their 12 games. They've scored 31 goals, uh, 10 wins, uh, a draw and a defeat. So that week, this weekend, is this week is going to show the metal of Bromley, isn't it, with those two tough games? Yeah, and hopefully I haven't put the kibosh on them by saying they're going to do really well and win these games. But I, I just feel that it's a build-up of the last few seasons when they won the trophy, they got into the playoffs, a little bit unlucky to lose in the, to Chesterfield in the playoffs. And I think they're going to. I think they've got the the nous and the ability to to take to the next level. And I think Andy Woodman is probably the manager to take them there. Absolutely. Uh, that is it for the football chat this week. Um, of course, we've got to talk about ourselves again, bloody hell. Uh, you may have seen on our social medias this week that we've been nominated, shortlisted, uh, for the Football Content Awards uh, for Best in Non-League, Best Podcast. Uh, this is an awards that we, we, we don't go in for ourselves. We get nominated for by people uh, on social media. So thank you, everybody, who's nominated us. Um, we in, implausibly won the silver in, these, in this competition two years ago. Uh, the award ceremony is at Anfield. Uh, in November, uh, which I think is going to rule us both out of making the journey <laughs> up there. Uh, although they have offered us a free ticket, but unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. But uh, we would really, really appreciate it if you would vote for us. It, it would mean so much to us. Um, so I'm going to get the details for you so that you can uh, so that you can vote for us. You know, we don't do this for awards or, or for uh, or for, or for the the praise and everything like that. We do it because we we love doing this podcast. Uh, that is our number one thing. Uh, that we like doing, that we like we like bringing you this every week. But you know what? It's quite nice uh, to won a silver, and we've obviously won the Kent uh, Press and Broadcast Awards. Well, I'm hoping as well. we get third, John, to complete the hat set. Well, I'd I'd, I'd take first, um, but you know, if third were to come away, uh, we'd be happy. So to vote for us, uh, you can go to uh, footballcontentawards.com/slash/voting, uh, and you have to scroll down a little bit. But there is a bar at the top to take um to, to take you to but we are best in non-league is the category we're up for and it is best podcast uh that we are up for we are halfway down the list of 10 nominees uh, and we would really really appreciate it and to show how easy it is um i have just voted uh for us and in the you time voted for taken, somebody else. <laughs> no i've definitely voted for us uh, so i've just voted for us in the we'll get two left. votes at least well, do you know what? I know for a fact, Matt, that we've got two others as well. well so we are yeah. flying, mate. We're absolutely oh, yeah. flying. So, yeah. Um, so but yeah, we, we would really, really appreciate it. It'd be really nice. It puts us all on the map. Um, and, you know, we, we're so proud um, to be representing uh, the, the non-league world of Kent football uh, on, on the national stage as we are in these awards. And do you know what? Be nothing without our, our guests and our, and our listeners and everything like that. So we do really, really appreciate it. Um, and now we're just going to talk some nonsense, as we like to. Uh, what have you been watching on the telly, Matt? Not a lot, because we've been a busy time. Um, Richard Osman's House of Games is back. We love that programme. Are you a fan? Uh, yeah, I don't ever watch it because... Good programme, yeah. I, I, I don't... It's one of those things that I, I... Whenever it's on and I stick it on, I enjoy it. But I never think, oh... I must sit down at that time and watch it. And, you know, with my working patterns, yeah. I'm never at home at the time that that's on anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I do enjoy it. It's, it's I, I love, so, some of the rounds are so clever. 
Um, he's, a, he's a clever guy, Richard Osman, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things. So, he's apart from that, not much. Um, we started watching another program on Apple, but we've only seen one episode of that. That was something like Crowded Room. Have you heard about that one? All right. Okay. Which is quite we're, good. We're, we're going to start watching the morning show next when, when we're uh, you know, through. Somebody else said about that. That's a good one. Yeah, so that's next nice. With Jennifer um, Aniston and things like that, yeah. But you know, it's it's, it's the autumn, the nights are drawing in, so it's strictly and and Bake Off started last night. And funny enough, uh, I watched Bake Off uh, while I was writing the script for this week's podcast. Um, and during that, uh, I had a phone conversation with my wonderful fiance, uh, and paused it when when we started our conversation. And I paused it, and do you know what? I, this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. I managed to pause it while Paul Hollywood was cutting into a sheep's backside. Uh, no. So I literally, for all the time I was on the phone to, uh, to to Fee, I was just sat there and looking at Paul Hollywood cutting into a sheep's backside. No. Um, which, you know. You We're in the 21st that. century, John, let it go. Yeah, you know. It's the um, own, really. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I think we will, again, the kids like watching Bake Off, so we'll have to get into that. You never know my Victoria sponge that I've got to go and cream in a minute. Um, could be in there next year. It, it, I, do you know what? I would love it if you went no. to Bake Off. It would uh, think think of the of the numbers it would bring in for the show. Get yourself. They're already asking for people to um, to mm. to put in for next year's show. My well, sister-in-law so. makes cakes. They're amazing. I, I I can't see the of making a cake into a dog or a sheep. That's what they did. In the first, some of the some of the ones on this first one were were incredible. There's a one of them at the end is is a brilliant brilliant showstopper. So uh, you know, yeah, but good fun. Uh, enjoy. I've also this is really cheerful. Um, I've been watching uh, and I finished this afternoon a documentary uh, on Sky uh, about the Chillingdon murders um, from 1996. Obviously, a story that. Oh right, uh, yeah. If you Not were far around, from me. If you were around and in our area, you know all yeah, about yeah. this story. Um, and it basically is, is a, it's on Sky Documentaries and it's looking at the at the conviction of Michael Stone, uh, who has had two trials and I think two appeals and always keeps being found guilty. And there's, and there's, he speaks from his jail cell on in it as well. Um, fascinating. And, you know, it's one of those where having watched the documentary, I'm still none the wiser over what's happened there. But um, if you if you do remember that new story, it was massive. Uh, well, we're, you know, yeah, just down the road. Yeah, really, yeah. was big. So I, I was um, saying terribly to, sad. I was saying to me about this. My my abiding memory of it is, you know, how these things when they come back into your, you know, you always hear something and it sticks with you. Well, um, my English teacher at school uh, was in a band. I think he played the drums, uh, and they were supposed to have a gig at a pub not far from there that weekend. And I remember him saying, uh, overhearing him say to someone. Yeah, we just had to cancel the gig because obviously it's just absolutely, you know, everyone's just in bits down there. And that's one thing that I've always remembered from it. You know, a bit like running away to celebrate with my dad is something that I've always remembered. So, mm. oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a bit morbid now. I always remember, of course, back in the thing is the um, Herald of Free Enterprise, you know, in yeah. Dover, that was, out, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of people that we knew. There was a, you know, there was a thing a few years ago, actually, and someone uh, on Twitter and it was like, what's the first major news story that you remember? And that's mine. That that because you know obviously because it was massive in our in our Meridian region as well, wasn't it? Or uh, whatever it was then TVS back in the day. Yeah. And I and I can remember the images from that so vividly. I think that's the first big news story that I really really remember. Yeah, that that was that was, that was you know terrible because you knew people who knew people um, in the area. So um, yeah, terrible. But we need to clear this place up now, mate. John. Yeah. Depressed about various things from there. Well, yeah. the question for you: They were mentioned TVS. Who was the weatherman on TVS? Who was the weatherman? He was there for ages. 
No, go on. Ron Lobeck. Oh, Ronnie Lobeck, of course. How could I forget Big Ron? And I'll tell you another another uh, man of, of our 80s childhood uh, that's going to make you uh, give you a bit of reminiscence, everybody. Keaton Peeled is Shaw Taylor from 999. Oh. You remember him as well? Yeah, I used to love Crime Watch. I used to love that. used to be on well, like 6.25, five minutes. Yeah. It, it, that, yeah. The crime, the yeah. reconstructions. Yeah, Shaw Taylor. I don't know if Ron Blobeck's still alive. I don't think Shaw Taylor probably is. But that was big, yeah, big things. When you only had three channels, that was like the height of entertainment, wasn't it? Watching sure. a crime. Can you find this person? There he is, old Ron. I don't, I, I don't know if he's uh, if he's with us or he not. Was, he was basically, yeah, the Caddy well, Lee Preston of his day. I don't want to Caddy Lee Preston. The, 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 <laughs> there's a name I haven't heard for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ron Lobeck was 76 in 2012. So if he is still around, he's yeah, in yeah. his, late nine, his late 80s now. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I hope he's still around. He's like you say, an absolute uh, staple of our yeah. childhood, and I've completely forgotten about him. So thanks for uh, bringing that back up. Uh, short. Uh, one of the questions on um, well, again, uh, Richard Osman this today on the Wednesday one was, you know, you got a picture and you've got to point out. He gives you a name and you've got to point out which one it was, and it was the A team, and two of them didn't know who Face Man was. Wow. One of them was Ken Bruce. Unbelievable. Uh, Shaw Taylor, incidentally, just to wrap this up, uh, passed away uh, on the 17th of March 2015 at the ripe old age of 90. Uh, so, uh, but kept yeah. kept crime off the streets in the southeast, though. Keaton Peeled, yeah. Police 5 was his was his programme, not Police 999, but Police 5 Five, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. was his programme. Uh, and yeah, absolute legendary memories of that. And Coast to Coast, oh, those were the days. Mike Debbins was Coast Mike, to Coast. Yeah. Um, and and anybody, if anybody remembers any old school... TV pro presenters back in the 80s. I, I, I'm thinking we don't know the age of our listenership, do we? No. The demographic is the correct word, isn't it? So they're probably, yeah. I'm thinking probably late 30s, early 40s, I reckon. But it could be yeah. people out there who are a lot younger. But yeah, people, you would remember these names if you were a, a, a Meridian, a Kentish person, I suppose, because they were big names in, in the Kent area. And it's funny how of all the people that remember, we remember the fellas rather than the, the, yeah, women, yeah. uh, the, rather than the women uh, who presented those. Programs. I had a brilliant book, actually, when um, uh, when Coast to Coast came to an end and when TBS lost their uh, lost the license. Uh, and I had, a, I had a, like a book and it was like all the stories that had been covered on Coast to Coast. And it was like for, for pretty much my whole lifetime at that stage. So that was really interesting. And, and, you know, like those legendary moments, obviously not all the news is not always that happy, is it? Um, but it's uh, interesting to, to 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 reminisce over those things and all those great stories and, and all those people. And do you know what, Matt, in 40 years time, maybe people will be like, oh, do you remember the Ken Ronnie podcast? Them two. No, they won't. Of course they won't. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, uh, search for Kent Nolly Podcast. You can also join uh, the group Kent Nolly Football Chat, which today uh, reached a milestone of 1,500 members. So uh, if you'd all listen to the podcast every week, that wow. would be 1,500 listeners would be really, really good uh, if you could. Um, but yeah, so uh, amazing to, get, to have all those people involved. So keep uh, keep getting involved and chatting. It's always nice to have a bit of a debate in there and, and see what games people are at. Uh, and enjoying. You can find some threads on Instagram as well. Kent Nolly Podcast is where you'll find some there. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, that is it. So thank you very oh, much. Mileage, John. Ah, here we go. What do you reckon then? What have you written down? 355. So you've done my dad um, a favour there because as the crow flies, and I don't think that's how he did it, 
it's 160 miles. Uh, if you went by a road slash boat, 278 miles oh. is the distance to Paris. Um, so, yeah, maybe closer than you th- further than you thought, but uh, we still could be, be there quicker than probably you could get to some places in the far-flung north of this country. So uh, there you go. Uh, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. Thank you to Ice Bath Man for talking to us, and thanks to Matt for... Uh, providing us with that disturbing interview uh, and of course thanks to Nigel Jones for sending in that Danny Bloor interview as well uh, as I say we really appreciate you all listening please vote for us in the Football Content Awards it would mean uh, so much to us if we were to win I mean it would be ridiculous but it would mean a lot to us uh, if we were to be that fortunate and all that remains to say is thank you everyone for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast I can confirm I'm not going to have a nice bath this evening but i might try a bit later because it did look nice and comfy i would wear pants as well do you reckon you could get in and out of a wheelie bin me no no chance no. i could try it the kids would enjoy videoing it but i think i would i'd do it self-damage to be fair matt gerard tiktok sensation trying to get in and out of a wheelie bin